there is a concept currently popular in the philosophy of consciousness throughout aspects of the study of world religions. <clears throat> the world of presence, to be present, P-R-E-S-E-N-C-E, -E, presence, the presence of that person, the presence of that tree, of the weather today, the presence of the dancer on the stage, or the musician who's very solemn or joyous. And so <clears throat> what we're speaking of is the, the life, the occurrence of a sentient being, a living being, in one moment here on the earth. He or, is, he or she is present, they are present. What does that mean? Well, to be truly present means that you're coming from the past into the current moment toward the next in a direction of truth, from a direction of sincerity, with a direction of prayerful courage, so that you're addressing the life that is within you and all around you. <clears throat> and so the understanding of this is really one's path. I would like us to go into several ideas that are helpful for allowing that aspect of awakening to occur. It's not really difficult. It does, however, require one's attention to both the inner worlds, or what I've been calling the second attention, the qualities of one that are spiritual, causal, mental, of one's character, emotional, etheric, where you feel the body of life of the earth and the trees and plants and animals and other human beings and physical. Those qualities of the second attention are the inner understanding or lack of understanding one experiences and embodies. And then the first attention is how, how you represent that through your incarnation itself. I am here. I am grounded. I've planted the tree. We've moved the tree to a different part of the yard because we couldn't agree on whether we liked the tree or we wish we had a different one. And so the first attention is the actual fruit or seed rooted for which we are responsible. So every breath, every moment from your conception and birth until your death, you are responsible for yourself in the presence of all you're able to be and do. And I am responsible for myself in all that I am able to be and do. And then we meet. And if we're able to be very responsible, the presence in you and the presence in me regards the other being, we regard one another, and we naturally bow to that place in each other. We acknowledge through greeting or a loving glance or touch or gesture, bowing or lifting our hands up in joy or placing one hand over our spiritual heart to acknowledge, ah, here I experience you. Many times I've used the idea from Martin Buber, the brilliant 20th century 
Jewish philosopher and man of spiritual studies, who was able to cross over with his presence into the ideologies of many kinds of people from many different linguistic groups, cultural groups, spiritual groups, to try to broker a peace talk in the Middle East after the 1967 war. He was the single being everyone could agree upon. Yes, we, we could have Buber. We would be willing to have Buber lead, lead the talks. He was trusted that he would not break the presence of himself or yourself or myself, your ancestors, my ancestors, your progeny, spiritual or physical, my progeny, spiritual or physical. So from history into eternity, into the present historic moment of Buber and his soul and life, and then into yours and mine and into the future, into eternity, we are studying the presence of the great mystery, the Holy of Holies, which resides in the deepest part of who you and I are as souls. Your heart, my heart. What is at the very center of the cell, alive, pulsating, that was alive at one point in Buber and is respected by me now? Alive in you now, alive in me now, somehow transferred through the transmission of his breath, his causation and thoughts and words and gestures. We're not saying he was a perfect human being, nor are you, nor am I. Yet this place and time of meeting is that still point of eternity constantly present. And we bring our second attention, our internal attention to it, and then our first attention, our attention in our body to it. So <clears throat> I've told many stories of meeting with elders who were relatives or mentors of mine. If one of them were seated here with me this afternoon, I would turn and make sure, do they have a glass of tea or coffee or juice or water? Are they comfortable in their interior presence and the presence of their incarnation itself? And then there's a quality where I have recognized the interior signature of that human being. And therefore, I am communicating with them from the interior signature of myself as a human being. And then the place that is one between us, among us all, all of humanity, all of creation, all of life, that place meets itself and bows to our creator, to God, to that great one, to the universe, to oneness, to that, to the emptiness that is full of the void. And our next breath arises. <clears throat> and our, our causation and our thoughts and our words and gestures tend toward realization and away from argument and warfare. So, why don't we live this way every moment? Well, because we don't reconcile our history with the present moment. And so when another person comes forward, <coughs> and he or she or they try to evoke the peace of eternity, we become hostile. No, not yet. Not with you. 
don't you know what happened to me or my grandfather or your grandmother? And we start a, quote, new war, a new dualistic argument based upon you and me and your ancestors and mine and what belongs to you and what belongs to me and what doesn't belong to you and what doesn't belong to me until we're fighting through the material plane, through the earth herself. And then you and I become enweaponed in ourselves, our physical selves, and our first attention, our physical incarnation, lives out the divorce, the argument, the hatred. Well, I have such contempt for you because we have contempt for the fact that we've not awakened yet. We have not allowed <clears throat> a safe place in eternity, in the future, in the past, in the present moment. We've not allowed a safe place in that sense of time for the fulfillment of God's presence to reside within us and therefore to call out to that presence of the divine in you and you and you and you. And so we miss the moment. We miss the present time. So let's go back with past. Then we're going to go to future a little and then we'll come back to present. So why do we react against one another? Well, a little girl walks into a schoolroom. <clears throat> this came into my life yesterday. A little girl walks into a schoolroom and the mother and father and one of the grandmothers have made certain she has her clothing and her little book bag and a little notebook. And she comes in and she has been so happy that she'll have something that's a certain color blue and a particular little book bag that has a, a certain theme that's very timely in her current generation of the media and her little books and toys and social experiences of her of her culture and she walks into school and another girl sees her bag and makes fun of it so the little girl is just devastated rather than having just experienced her perfect little bag and uniform and her shoes and socks and her little lunch bag packed and her new teacher, she comes in and she wishes she had what the other girl had because she assumes that the other girl's meanness is much more sophisticated than the innocence of her open-hearted little outfit and bag she chose over the last few months. And no matter what her mother and father and grandmother say to her, they can't convince her that her beautiful aspiration of the blue bag and the outfit and the first day of school is enough. It'll never be enough. It was terrible. I don't want to go back. You can't make me go back. And they're puzzled. She was so excited to go. What happened? Well, I use this example because we're at a time where in the social media, we have a very exaggerated experience of this. <clears throat> when we come into an event and we are alive in our body, we begin to cause the next moment of life. And so does everything around us. And so if we have a parent or two parents and we have ancestors and maybe siblings or not, tribal leaders and other people around us, we come into that moment with the comfort of tribe 
in a certain ecosystem. And our experience is that we, in this inner world of the second attention, we start to live in our body, our first attention, and we start to experience, oh, I've been caused to feel the balmy breeze this afternoon and the warm sun, and to hear with my other senses, the voices of my elders, and then to, to have my mouth salivate with smelling something that I wish to taste that my elders seem to be partaking of with great enjoyment. Oh, I remember it's what my mother gave to me a few days ago. I would like some more of that taste from my grandmother's spoon or fingers. And we are settling into the first attention of our little baby or toddler body touching against the touchstone of our kin, our environment, and all the circumstances of the senses of the body. So we begin integrating the second attention into the first attention. Oh, I was conceived and coming down into the egg and sperm of my mother and father. I was born coming down onto the earth from my mother and father after gestating for nine months. Oh, I am, I am nursing, I am swaddled, I am sleeping, I am waking. And we go through a whole series of integrated present moments, time in this space of the incarnation, safely. Not perfectly, but safely. We are alive. <clears throat> and then we have a moment occur that is a distortion. We are slightly disturbed. The mother has heated the tea a little too hot and the little baby or toddler's lips or tongue is burned or fingertips. And the baby is usually astonished and then kind of angry. What happened? What happened to heaven on earth? How dare it be an experience of suffering rather than realization? And we may be told later when we're older by our grandparent or our parent or our mentor or sibling. Yes, we have to be careful, that's hot. And this is cold. We need our extra jacket when it is so cold. And so there is a series of lessons which occur from the tribe around us so that how we've come from heaven through the second attention into the cells of our body can safely go from the moment of conception to the moment of birth to the next moment and the next and the next so that we become fully present at all moments of time, everywhere in space. We are upon this earth, in this body, all of the moments that this body has the privilege of being a living incarnation, a deeply present human being. So once it's caused and we realize, oh, burn, that's not so bad. It was just slight burning. My grandmother realized, no, don't touch the cup. And she pulls her little finger away. So we're not burned badly, just a little bit. And she's teaching us. Or our grandfather is teaching us. And so that we hopefully learn without great traumas or losses or suffering, it's not dramatic it's alive. And each moment of this nature is our path. 
and it is one thread on the loom of God. It's very beautiful. It is filled with grace. And then what occurs is we come to a place where a parent says, I can't buy them the red sweater. It's too bright. But the child says, but mama, can't we have the red mittens or the red sweater or the red tie or the red dress, the red shoes? And the mother says, no. And the child asks, well, why not? <clears throat> and the mother has decided either it draws too much attention or it's a color that doesn't look particularly beautiful on the child or it's too expensive or difficult to acquire the item in that color, a t-shirt, a, a, a dress, a vest. So they say, no, we're going to get the brown one or the green one or the, or the blue one. There's a blue one in your size. And the, and the little boy says, I don't want the blue one. I wanted a red one. And the mother might be able to say, well, we could go to another city an hour away and see if they have them. But often she says, no, I, we can't. It will cost too much in time and money to go. We don't even know if they have them there. So we're going to get the red one for you. You're a big boy now. And we're going to wear the red vest all through your first year of school. So what happens to us in those moments is when something is caused that isn't what we think as we begin to have the mind arise as it matures, just like our little fingers and toes mature and we start learning to, to grasp and to crawl and to pull ourselves up and to walk, we also learn to think and to give thoughts a certain language based upon the culture we come into. So we could be born in France and, and Morocco or Morocco and be learning French or French and Arabic, maybe a tribal language, a certain nickname for our grandmother. That's a different one than we would have if we were in Nairobi in Kenya or if we were in Beijing in China. And yet we're speaking about the same principle of grandmother to baby. But the mind and then the ear and then the mouth with our tongue and our breath and our throat, chest, learns to say the word, mama, ama, ana. So for me, my grandmother Cora, grandmother Anna. And every moment we have with one of those grandmothers then becomes etched in our souls into the second attention from heaven through the second attention into everything we learn at their feet through the cells of our body and the first attention in our little body as long as we have the privilege of that grandmother being physically in our lives before they or we go on to the heavens and are no longer in the current incarnation. So for me, my two grandmothers are an extraordinarily deep part of who I am. My cells of my body are very safe, representing how they taught me to be of heaven in the little incarnation I would have been as a baby and toddler and, and little girl to young woman. And then as they left, I was confident in the love transmitted to me through them, both through the cells of my father and mother and through the presence, the presence of Anna, the presence of Cora. She who is present with her 
braided hair upon her head and her beautiful earth-toned or very traditional silk dress and her low-heeled shoes, my grandmother Anna, and her glasses reading, her thoughtfulness, her intelligence, her great attention to consciousness. I was thinking the other day of what it was like the last time I saw her in my late childhood, early adolescence, and how much understanding there was in both of us. And that there isn't a day that goes by when I do not, to the best of my ability, live that understanding for her, for her in me, for her meeting you, for her meeting your grandmother in you. All the way back in eternity through history, back to the present moment, into that which is the presence of Anna and my other grandmother, the presence of Cora. And then out into the future from this moment into the next moments that you or I will be privileged to have in this current incarnation. And another, if there is reincarnation and we are here or coming back or in the heavens or whatever the great mystery is of which we are a part, an atom of the very body of God, a dewdrop of the ocean that is the divine, and out into eternity, into all time, past, present, future. So what happens when we first have a moment that isn't safe with a grandparent, if that happens, and I can't say that I really underwent that with my grandmother, so it's why I'm able to use it as such a strong example of presence. And we come into an experience where someone is not willingly present with us, and the little child is kind of astonished, like the story of a little girl going to school so excited and having a girl be mean to her. And the mean girl was either jealous or thought the other girl was just naive, or really thought I have a much more sophisticated lunchbox than you do, or just wanted to be closer to the teacher, or take over the front row, or whatever she was doing. She not only was mean to the, to the more innocent girl, she also shut down the little girl's presence for the first time in that little girl's life. The little girl realized, oh, I've taken a mental picture of what it is like to meet a violent person who will do anything they can to harm those around them so that we're not awake, so that we're not loving, so that we're not present. What should I do? So the little girl was left with this question because she had taken a series of mental image pictures. This is how we think. <clears throat> we tend to experience circumstances, and when the presence of our path is available, we are, we are sort of lightly, ecstatically alive, breathing, living, through the next moment, from the past moment to the present moment, into the next moment, we are alive. And then we embody our life through our senses, through the cells of our body. This is our path. And when we have something come up from our history that has been shut down, where we've experienced 
a lack of permission to be on our path, we have a place where we've coded the, the memories. We, we've made them opaque. We've taken like a clear slide or transparency as if we were looking at a clear, excuse me, as if we were looking at a clear window. We've covered it with opaque paint. We say, not that girl. No blue lunch bag ever again. And our mother goes, but you, it's your favorite color. No, it isn't, Mommy. That girl ruined it. And what we're really saying is how I was looking through the window to see God in the heart of that other girl, she wouldn't let me in. She doesn't live in there herself. She's seeking something else. I don't know what to do because she's violent against me when I seek peace when I seek the peace of God in her and the peace of God in every other being and the peace of God in myself and in all the trees and plants and animals and creation, when I seek that, she's violent and tells me, no, not you, not in this moment. And so what we do is we ourselves step back a little bit in our awakening and we coat that mental picture and they're usually taken in series we might take a thousand pictures or 400 we, so we'd have a sequence of memories over a 14 minute period when the girl's mean and kicks our lunch bag and then a boy steps on it and gets a mud print on it and, we, and they, they laugh because they realize they've squished our lunch our mother made for us and maybe spilled something in the bag to stain it and they think it's really funny but they also don't because they also know that they've disturbed their own path too. So in us, a part of us never leaves the presence that's transparent. What we're really doing is wishing wistfully that we had been able to meet God in each of those children with our lunch bags that morning. And we're aspiring to when is the moment and where is the place where we can do that together and where at least I, the little girl, can do that myself, mommy, daddy, grandma. My answer is always, every breath, every moment, everywhere you are. You simply practice through prayer and virtue, through your breathing, and you embodying to the best of your ability how the divine moves through time and space into all the cells of your body, so that you are causing and thinking and speaking and from the spiritual heart aspiring to the next moment and the next moment into eternity going forward based upon healing and resolving all the past moments through your presence in God that you might be awakened like the Buddha or find your spiritual heart opening through the blessing of the Christ or the company of the holy, the various saints and sages of history and the present and the future so that you're always shown the next movement of presence that is your path. Don't let anyone ever take that away from you. It requires the most rigorous attention the purest nonviolent courage, unending love for the divine, 
And when you fall down and you fail or think, oh, I made a mistake or they got me so upset, come back again, rise up, find your interior posture, bring together the future, the past, the present moment. Now, where were we? How can I go into the next breath and the next moment so that I am practicing letting heaven be realized through my perceptions, through what is being caused around me and through me, so that in my next breath, through all my senses in the cells of my body, I show up in my first attention, awakening, fully in the classroom that is my deepest path, my truest path. How beautiful. And then we go forward. Then when you undergo something that's difficult or rigorous, <clears throat> you can realize, oh, what is painful about it is it is evoked in me, not just the present moment of someone being unkind or threatening, but the sense of what's gone before that I've never quite resolved or healed back into light, back into mercy back into a discerned understanding. So an example might be, I could walk with an older girl or young woman or middle-aged woman who's gone through sequences of understanding through being girls or, or guys or people who've been um, willfully harmful or argumentative or condescending. And so that younger person walking with me may feel when they go by other people who are mean, oh, you know, it still makes me feel insecure when someone teases me, or I'm not as beautiful as the young woman who's being unkind, or I'm not as hip as the young man who's being cool. You just bring forward the memories that are not transparent so that you bring them to the spiritual heart, and then you give them up into the divine, I, I utilized uh, before in last month's class, and I have several times before over the years, just bring it into an image like a rose, a songbird, a leaf, a stone, a stick. Just imagine all the energy that wasn't awake in another person who directed, don't awaken to me. Just bring all that energy out into that image of a flower or a leaf and give that up into the divine. And let the, let the memory of having gone through that experience become transparent. Oh yes, I went through that memory where someone was unkind and yet I've learned how in discernment to walk through a valley where there is cruelty and yet not be a victim of that harshness, but be supported by the heavens as I walk through it. and to just go forward and not let anyone stop the sincerity and purity of the great path that is before the presence of oneself. From the second attention coming out of heaven through the first attention in all parts of your physical body, everywhere you walk upon the earth, every moment of your life, always. <laughs>